We do not suck, okay? I've been doing a lot of thinking. Decided to add someone to our team to add some real firepower, okay? I think this guy could give us a new spark. Now, don't get mad. At point guard. At point guard? 5-10. I traded away our washing machine to get him. He punches and bunches. Justin Panic. Welcome to Talking Giants. Justin, I usually welcome the uh, the listeners to the show, Talking Giants, but Justin Panic, I am welcoming you to the show, Talking Giants, because you are our new co-host, day one. Justin, how are you doing, man? I am doing absolutely fantastic, Bobby Skinner. I am so glad to be here, so glad to be Talking Giants with all of you. I'm ready to get rocking, rolling, and I want to ask, how are you doing today, Bobby Skinner? What's your headspace like? I'm good. I'm you know, I've been doing shows with Danny for almost a year at this point, so got to get used to that. You got a lot to live up to. But yeah, I'm glad you're joining. Um, you've been doing your thing over at Bleeding Blue. So I guess we should do some kind of little introduction um, for people who aren't familiar with you. And there's probably some people listening that aren't familiar with me because, you know, you got your own audience. Uh, Justin does has done Bleeding Blue for longer than I've been doing this podcast. I mean, me and Justin even connected back when I was doing Swimland Radio. Justin does a lot of good work on Giants, Twitter. Uh, his own podcast. I mean, it's, it's and I tell Justin this. I don't say it, he's. It's literally the only Giants podcast I would listen to consistently. Um, you know, there's other ones I would check in on, but theirs was the only one I'd listen to consistently. Uh, so Justin's doing his own thing, and he's joined John Boy Media to help us out. Uh, Danny moves into a writing role. Uh, he's going to dominate that. We got Anthony Tomato, who is going to be doing draft coverage and just all around film analysis for us. It's going to be. It's going to be a fun offseason. I really do expect us to dominate because we got a core four of guys who put in a lot of work. Yeah, we really do have a really good squad, really good team of guys who are really dedicated to really, you know, what what we're trying to do. Ultimately, I feel like it's a John Boy Media company-wide mission of just overall uh, building a community. You know, we're trying to build a community of people that live and breathe New York football giants uh football um you know no no pun intended on using football twice there but ultimately i think this team of the core four is ultimately uh the best guys out there to frankly do it and we're all versatile and we all have our own uh personal strengths and that's what we're going to bring to the table and to the team yeah and me and you are different in a little bit i think there will be a little yin and yang because i think i think we're going to argue more than me and danny did even though me and danny almost never argued but i'm the kind of the I want to fight everybody, like including PFF, and you are, you become very friendly with everybody, Justin. It's very rare that I see you just don't like somebody. List the five people you dislike the most. Oh God, actually, he let's uh, no, let's actually have. Oh no, I was actually I was I was legitimately going to do it. Um, no, nope, don't do that. I I will say. What we would like to do at Bleeding Blues, we would like to check in with their headspaces and say, you want to know what? You're going to be spending the next 50 minutes to an hour with us, you know, talking giants or, you know, in our case, what I've done, it was Bleeding Blue. You deserve to hear where your podcast hosts and where their headspaces are at and how they're doing. So I'm coming off of a conversation on Twitter right now. Ever since I've been tweeting more about analytics now, and analytics and stats are apparently subjective, even though they're numbers and it's very much black and white, and it should. You know, I'm trying to tell somebody that two plus two equals four, and he's arguing that it's five. So it, it's very that's Justin, when it gets <laughs> Justin. But you know there's context to everything. Yes, like, there's context, and that's where your film comes in, Bobby Skinner. Exactly. And you know what? There's there's a lot of new school stuff, and we've talked about this with the GM search search and or the head coach search and whether Dave Gellman should be fired. 
you also can't throw away all the old school stuff. And I feel like that will be a conversation. We're not going to do it first episode, but it definitely will be a conversation we have. It's like, where do analytics fit in? Because I do, I, I'm all for them, but I think they play a part and they're not the end all be all. Even though they, everyone says that when they're talking about analytics, they don't always live it. I'm going to be completely honest. No, and I think that's where I separate from the majority of people, you know, especially if you're talking about, I, I know Talking Giants has made Pro Football Focus an enemy of the state, you know, where you separate <laughs> the guys at Pro Football Focus, uh, the Warren Sharps of the world, the Ben Baldwins of the world, and myself. First of all, I'm just getting into this stuff, so I'm just learning about Warren it. Warren Sharp, like, Ben Baldwin, Pro Football Focus, and Justin Pennock. Nice, well, nice company yeah. you kept in there. And the, wait, no, there's there's those guys. There's 50 feet of crap, and then there's me, Moneyball. Um, but uh, you know, basically, I'm a young fan who's still trying to learn about that aspect of the game, which I think the entire game of football is, frankly, still trying to learn about that aspect of the game. Whereas a sport like baseball absolutely has that stuff already down pat, basically. Um, but I think you know, coming from that kind of mindset, whereas you want to know what Bobby Skinner is so freaking smart when he watches film, he when he Shut watches up. film, when he watches technique, and then there's me, you know, where I've you know I have a decent um, amount of knowledge about the game of football. But you want to know what uh, if if a funny little uh, graph can help me explain and give context to something that I, I may not fully understand, like Bobby Skinner, you want to know what I will use that to help inform my opinions. So. We got we got a head coaching search going on though, Justin. Oof. It's not all about you, and it's not all about me. We do have a head coaching search going on, and it's getting hot with a question mark because I don't know where we the Giants sit right now. Um, the Cowboys swept in and swooped up Mike McCarthy, which I, Mike McCarthy was a lot of people's number one uh, target. For me, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't even in my top five to start all of this. Not to disrespect him, just he just wasn't in that top five for me. So I get some some people are aggravated about that. I'm I'm particularly not just because I just wasn't a fan of Mike McCarthy. I had, thought he had a bland offense, and I know he's supposed to reinvent himself. But you're hoping that this guy truly reinvented himself, a guy who said he's done it before. And we all know, like, when things get tough, you kind of go back to your old habits. So that's why I, I don't want to bet on Mike McCarthy being a whole new guy. But we all believe that Matt Rule is still the Giants' number one target. Um, we don't really know where they stand behind that. I'm, you know, a wink guy, but there's, I mean, there's a lot going on. We don't know if we're going to have a head coach uh, on Wednesday after or or after Matt Rule is interviewed and they lock it up that night, or we don't know if it's going to be Monday of next week. Frankly, the interest that the Giants have had in Matt Rule has been something that has been, you know, around for a couple weeks now. Even heading, you know, back to the latter months, end of basically. the yeah, the latter end of the regular season. The interest has been there, and we all know just how um, not great the Giants are keeping things down pat, and how they you know typically let rumors leak out of their organization. And this has been one of them. So I I think it's telling the fact that you know again you look at Mike McCarthy, he was a guy that flew down to Dallas, uh, and he him, him and Jerry Jones had a nice little sleepover, and then he didn't leave, and then he has he's probably not going to be leaving Dallas for a little while. Hopefully, if you're on the Matt Rule train. When he's coming up to East Rutherford on Tuesday, so is that today? When everybody's listening, that'll, that'll be today. You know, hopefully, unless if you're you listen on, on the, Wednesday, then it's yesterday. Yes, or geez, just inception with twenty percent of our listeners listen after the first day. Ooh, analytics, Bobby, gotta love it. Wait, hold on, wait, hold on. We have a soundboard. We have a soundboard. Let me find it. 
Oof. Yeah, good one. But uh, yeah, frankly, if you're on the Matt Rule train, you're hoping to see a replication of the Dallas Cowboy formula where you don't want Matt Rule leaving New Jersey once Tuesday evening comes around. That's where I'm aggravated with Steve Tisch because Steve Tisch is supposed to be in the secondary interviews, but he's not in the, the initial ones. And I called this from a mile away just on the show last week that Steve Tisch saying he's going to be more involved is the biggest load of crap of all time. Like he's it literally lip service. And it was the last question he was asked, where it's like he just made it up on the fly. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you know, I, yeah, I am going to be more involved. So that's why it's frustrating that he's not, he hasn't been a part of all this, that we have to add him in. Like, it, I'm fine with him not being there, but then he shouldn't have any part of this anyways. No, and that's that's a great point. And that's, you know, I think a lot of Giants fans who, number one, don't trust Mara. And number two, we're kind of entrusting in Tish to kind of come in here and have some sort of impact and have some sort of say on the philosophy and the overall thinking of the organization. But let me ask you this question. The fact that Tish isn't involved, do you take that as, oh, Steve Tish is just lying to our faces? Or do you just take that as, are they this confident that Matt Rule is going to be the head coach of the New York football giants? Uh, I think that Tish just said that for fun. I really, like he was, he was pressed for it on the last thing and more involved doesn't mean anything. Uh, so maybe he's just not involved at all, and they want to talk to him before they like make the announcement. Basically, this is where I stand. I'm not even answer, I can't even really answer that question. What I'll say is, if Tish hasn't been involved up to this point, he shouldn't have any insight of being like, "Oh, um, I actually like this guy a little better." Right. There's five more candidates after Matt Rule. There's Wink Martindale, who I've been on the train for. Josh McDaniels, who is supposed to be interviewed Wednesday. Joe Judge, who was interviewed on Monday. Eric Bieniemy interviewed on Saturday, and then Chris Richard, who was interviewed on last Friday. Justin, where do you stand on these guys? I'm ruler wink. I'm, I would be happy for, and I would be excited for it. Joe judge and Chris Richard. I don't even look at it as real candidates. I don't see the giants going after the Patriots special team coach Richard. He had, you know, he was calling the defensive plays for the Cowboys, but he wasn't the defensive coordinator. And then Eric B I would, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't be excited about it because he's never called plays and it's hard to look at like, okay, this is what he's done. And Josh McDaniels, I would hate more than anything in the world. So like, where do you stand on these guys? We got some voicemail questions about these guys, so you don't have to go too in depth. Like, where do you stand on like from Matt Rule to Joe Judge? I put Rule and Wink on the same scale and on the same tier right now where I would not mind either. You know, both can obviously come in and be that CEO type that the Giants organization is looking for. And I think, frankly, Giants fans are looking for. Uh, Even if we hired Mike McCarthy, while some people would still be excited, I feel like some of the people that said that they wanted McCarthy, they were also fans that said that Pat Shermer shouldn't be calling plays during the regular season either. So that would have ultimately (laughs) been it would have ultimately been a tough spot to be in. uh, I feel like, again, to to have that kind of situation, because we've seen, you know, with the last, you know, however many head coaching changes we've had since Tom Coughlin, too. We've had two head coaching changes since Tom Coughlin. It just hasn't worked. And we've seen head coaches that have had such a lack of situational awareness. So I put those two guys on the top tier. I'm not as against McDaniels as you are. Um, I because I do like what he does with his offense. I do like how he is how he is creative. But again, that's a guy that calls plays. And then I really think, you know, interviewing Judge and Bienemy are kind of more formalities, so to say. You know, I, I don't mind, you know, bringing in different guys and, you know, younger guys you know, to maybe get their perspectives um, and possibly if they were to maybe be a part of the staff one day down the road in an advanced role, I don't think that's a bad idea to possibly interview those guys, including Richard as well. Yeah, I really think it's, I think Rule's the guy. I think 
and we'll get more into that in detail. But I, th- I think Rule is the guy. He's had the guy they've been waiting on. They've got their interview set. He's done in Carolina. Um, and it's, it's, it's down to Carolina and New York. I don't see him staying at Baylor, although there's some rumors that he might do that. I mean, um, Bobby, so yeah, Bobby at the of, end of the day, it's money. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's I, I hate to kind of simplify it in a, in such a you know rudimentary way. Well, he did turn down the Jets last year, though. So there's I mean, it's a little more than that with Matt Rule, though. I mean, what is he getting? Eighty million dollars in the next uh, uh, eight years, ten years, something like that. I mean, that's that's a lot of dough. Yeah, I think it's ten years. I can't believe that they gave him that contract at Baylor. Like, I wouldn't want like that. That's wild that he's going to come to the NFL and make less money. I mean, there's like a ten million dollar buyout, so that gets thrown in there. But yeah, that's a that's a wild contract to walk away from. But I, you know, the rumors are is that his it's is his dream job, and that the, he's the Giants' number one target. And I think the Giants still have some play, whereas. Us as fans can get frustrated with them and kind of get in doomsday scenarios, but the Giants are still an attractive team with a lot of young talent and their quarterback. Like that's the biggest question for any head coach is like, who is the quarterback? And the Giants have this, right? I mean, who knows what the future holds for Cam Newton? Even though I would say Cam Newton's probably going to be back, but still, you know, that's that's a guy you're talking about. He's great when he's right, but you but know, he's a kind of walking mark. glass right now. Totally big question mark. Totally big question mark. And the Browns is like. Like who wants to who wants to walk in that situation? I mean, it's just right. I do think the Giants are the best situation now, besides the Cowboys, who that job was obviously taken by McCarthy. You know, the most exciting spot and position to be in the National Football League right now, in terms of just looking at league trends. You know, the most exciting time to root for a football team is a quarterback that that's in his second year. Because you have, you know, most likely you're coming off of a year where a team has moved on from their veteran quarterback that has a big contract on the books, meaning that in this case, this is Eli Manning, that this is the first time in a few years that we're going to have a lot of cap space to go out and do some damage. We have yet another top five pick. And, you know, obviously Daniel Jones, you know, looking at what he's going to do this offseason in terms of his progression, you know, looking at this from... A macro point of view, it is an attractive job. It's also an exciting time to be a Giants fan. But of course, you know, there's a lot of different things that are going against us in terms of what this team needs. And we'll be breaking that down, obviously, come this offseason. All right, let's take a break. We got a lot of what we have, what, like five, six voicemails, eight mailback questions. So we got a lot to get to. This will be a voicemail mailback episode. So let's take a break and we will do that. Mail time. Mail time. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, before we get into the mail, we have the voicemail number. So we'll do voicemail episodes, like in season, that like would be our Wednesday show. Um, the thing is, though, is that we're going to get busy going here and we're going to take the second half of shows to like hit topics. Like we're going to do positional reviews and then we do draft previews and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So you can leave a voicemail at any time, but we're not going to advertise it as voicemail and mailbag questions. So save this number, pull out your phone right now, give you five seconds to pull out your phone and put a, create a new contact, put in talking giants. Come on, pull it up, pull it up. The phone number is seven, three, two, Four four three zero eight six two. That's seven three two four four three zero eight six two. So if you leave us a voicemail, we'll play it. 
but we're not going to advertise. So if you have something you desperately need to say, we'll play it on every episode as long as we're not getting too many. Um, but otherwise, we're not going to advertise every episode. So like going forth for the next month, the only one where we'll have voicemails is the Eli Retire episode. So make sure to do that. And, and we'll do our regular mailbag as always. Anyways, Justin, let's play the first voicemail in Talking Giants history. This is also a side note. If anybody can think of a mnemonic device that is that Giants related, a mnemonic device. So basically, you know, 732, blah, 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 blah. Like making the numbers somewhat like Giants related. So if like there's anybody that has the number oh, man, 73. Oh, you can do. Oh, you well, not. Well, that's the goal is for us to do less work and for our listeners to help us out a little bit. That's the goal. All right. Actually, it's, it's kind of hard now. Like maybe the number 32. Exactly. That's why I mean I I know that Marshall Newhouse. Yeah, Marshall Newhouse. Algic Rosas, Ahmad Bradshaw. No, come on, you're giving it away. No, I have an idea. Listen to this. (laughs) Listen to this. Make it make it a five star review. Matt Bryant. Who? Steve Brown. That was the guy who beat the kicker, right? Steve Brown. All right, sorry. Jeez. No, no, I'm Josh Josh Brown. Brown. Jeez. Bad, what a bad guy move. Yeah, but uh, make up a mnemonic device uh, of our phone number that Bobby just uh, listened and leave it as a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Boom. Okay. Do, do not put Josh Brown in there. No, no, no. That, that'd, be, that'd, be a, that'd be a pretty bad guy just move. Just kidding. I mean, if you have to, you got to. Let, all right, let's play our, let's play our <laughs> first voicemail ever. This may be a familiar voice, but we'll, we'll determine that after the voicemail is played. Uh, hi there. My name is Dale Morrison, a first-time listener of the show. I have a question for Bobby and Justin. I have two, actually. The first one is, with Wade Willis being fired from, well, not fired, being let go tactically with the Rams, and a lot of people talk about, would he, could he be our next defensive coordinator? Would you want to see that? That's just my first question. And my second question is for Justin. Justin, hey, it's Danny. When are you going to chug the milk or drink the gallon of milk? All right, talk to you guys later. Bye. Justin, when are you going to drink the damn milk? I can't. I'm so glad Danny brought that up. It's good to hear Danny's voice. I I honestly miss it already. Um, so I'm starting to feel spiteful towards Justin for removing me from Danny's voice. But Justin, when are you going to chug that milk? That's a great YouTube video. Wait, this is this is exactly why we saved it. This that would be an awesome YouTube video. But a little context, little personal side story. Earlier this spring and summer, uh, David Powis and I on the Bleeding Blue podcast, we made some jokes about Curtis Riley. I made a video of it and I put it on social media. I did not add him. I did not tag him. He somehow found it. He responded, and I and basically, oh no, here's what I said. I said if Curtis Riley makes the Oakland Raiders roster, I will do the milk challenge. And then he he replied to that tweet. And, you know, credit to him. He made the roster. He said, get your milk ready, fat boy. And he put a clown emoji at the end of it. (laughs) So I've been in preparation of getting my milk ready for about uh, a few months since the month of August. So, yes, Talking Giants YouTube page. What do you mean you've been getting it ready? You just go to the store and buy milk. You know what, Bobby? I'm trying to make excuses and you weren't vouching for me. If Danny said that he would chug gallon milk, he would do it. I'm just saying. That is true. Danny's a much more wholesome person than I am. Hold me and to it. Tell you a gallon right. of milk isn't that bad, right? I've read some because I got concerned because I lost the bet. So I started reading the side effects of this challenge. Chugging a gallon of milk in 90 minutes, that's the challenge. Possibly has some dangerous uh, side effects. Yeah, well, so is driving a car. Doesn't mean you don't drive your car. It's not a joke. It's a fact. Let's, let's get to the actual topic. What was the question? It was um it was Wade about Wade Phillips. Wade, Wade Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. 
All right, so Wade Phillips. Yeah, I would love him as a DC. I, you know, he's has the respect of the entire NFL as being a really good defensive coordinator. He wasn't the issue with the Rams this year. Um, so yeah. Um, now, is there a candidate out there that I see him joining with? Matt Rule, probably not. Wink, probably not. The only one you could see doing that would be Josh McDaniels or Eric Bieniemy, because I I don't even view Judge as Rich and Rutgers as uh, real guys. So I just. I would love it. I just don't see it happening because I don't think I don't think any either of those two is gonna are gonna bring Wade Phillips in. I very much agree. Very much agree. Hey boys, this is your boy, the real Frank the Tank. Hey, um, did a little research on Phil Snow, who is tied to Matt Rule apparently, and um, what I found was that it said he has, runs a real complex D, and it usually takes a couple years for the team to get the scheme i don't know if i can deal with that i was wondering what you guys thought um love the show can't wait to uh hear justin and bobby together good luck guys thanks frank so i looked at snow a little bit he's he's the baylor defensive coordinator it's hard to say i should have went and watched some of more of their games but like in that uh game against georgia seemed like they were just rushing three, rushing four, and then just dropping back in the coverage. I don't know how like unique it is. And obviously, they probably played it a little different against Georgia. But that is something that kind of worries me about Matt Rules. Like, are you going to bring your whole college staff? Because I think he'd be better off bringing in some NFL guys. Um, you know, even if it's upgrading a linebacker coach to D.C. or and a QB coach to O.C. or something like that. But I, I don't like the idea of him just bringing in his whole college staff. Uh, what do you think, Justin? Yeah, um, I was just I just found some defensive metrics for uh, University of Baylor as of October and December. And Baylor, I mean, I guess this isn't really saying much, but Baylor kind of topped the the Big Twelve in terms of their defensive metrics, which is EPA, which is uh, expected points added. But basically, I looked at those metrics, and Baylor was Baylor was kind of tops in Big Twelve, which again is not saying much. The transition from college to the NFL level uh, is something that does need to be heavily, heavily considered when you're putting together a staff. And and if Rule is going to be a CEO kind of guy, I would definitely want the staff under him to have some sort of NFL coaching experience, even if it's a coordinator level or a positional coach level. What do you, and what do you think about like the complex D? Because that's what we heard from James Betcher. And honestly, I never really saw it a whole ton. There's definitely some different types of zone blitzes but they weren't running that a whole lot. I mean, with Betcher, it was a lot of cover two, cover three, cover four, kind of basic defenses. Like, I, I just didn't see anything crazy out of Betcher. So, yeah, if having this huge, complex defense, I, I don't know. Like, I think defenses don't need to be that complex. That's why, I like, the Tampa 2 has lasted forever. I mean, that's why I like a guy like Wink Martindale, where he's running a lot of blitzes. I mean, 55%, unbelievable. So, yeah, I, I don't know about bringing in some kind of complex D, but if college kids are getting it, then the NFL guy should be able to. Yeah, and and basically, I guess what you know, you're, if we're talking about Wink and what Wink does well is he basically he shapes his scheme around to the personnel around him in terms of the strengths that they have. Something that I expected heading into 2019 is Alec Ogletree is not very good in coverage. Let's blitz him more often. Let's send him on more blitz. Let's send him on more stunts. Or- or we could just send him off the team, too. How about that, Justin? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, tree can't be part of this team next year, can ooh, he? Ooh, wait, wait. 
Do you got? I'm gonna lose my mind. You keep, I'm, I'm making points, not jokes, Justin. I I would agree that Alec Ogletree is probably the worst player on this roster, but neither here nor there. Can college coaches uh, also adjust to that very similar to Wink has done in Baltimore? It's a great question, and I would say uh, it's a it's a risky chance to take. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for bringing in NFL guys with with Matt Rule. Um, and there's, I mean, there's got to be some kind of connections he's made. So yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of him just bringing his whole college staff in. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, ne- next, next voicemail. You have to answer this one first. Next voicemail. You got it. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Justin. This is Joey, aka Big Blue Hulk, on Twitter. Um, wanted to reach out. Say, I'm glad to hear you both on the show. But I did want to ask you about uh, something I saw on, from our buddy Vinny Rapsiardi today. He suggested that some of these other interviews might be for coordinators for Matt Rule, such as Chris Richard might be a good fit for defensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy could want a chance to call his own plays as an offensive coordinator, and that way you get to keep a similar offense to what Daniel Jones is already used to as an additional lead disciple uh, compared to Pat Shermer. So want to get your thoughts on that. Glad to see you guys are doing the voicemail back. I think it's super cool. Talk to you later. Yeah, in terms of in terms of this voicemail, thanks to Joey for calling in. But in terms of this voicemail, I think that if you're if we're talking about Matt Rule, and the rumors are true about Matt Rule, who wants to bring in his own staff, and he wants to bring in his own personnel, and if the Giants therefore also will allow him to do that, let's just say in this hypothetical scenario, we may not see the guys that have been interviewed for jobs who are who were you know because Chris Richard right now is is basically looking for a job since Mike McCarthy is going to want to bring in his own people. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily what Matt Rule is going to want to do. Now, I really do think if somebody other than Matt Rule comes in and the Giants are going to take that control that they've taken in the past in terms of we're going to kind of decide who the, you know what our personnel and what our coaching staff may may look like in some ways and not have the coach have total control over that you may you may very well see you know what we we interview Chris Richard we kind of want him to come back to the Giants in in a way Chris Richard's role would be an elevated role than the role that he had in Dallas because he would be possibly a full-time defense coordinator and he would calling be calling the defensive plays on a full-time basis. Yeah, Richard's a guy I could see that happening with. The enemy, I don't see him leaving Kansas City. Um, but, um, unless he's getting a head coaching job, obviously. Yeah, um, I don't think they brought in Richard to look at him as a defensive coordinator. But I'm sure that kind of got brought up. Like, who, are you, who else are you talking to? What are you going to do if you don't get a head coaching job? So, yeah, Richard is definitely a guy um, – I'm not sitting here saying I've done a ton of research on him, um, but that he's definitely a guy. Now, Danny, or I just oh, did it. I you did it. You That's Danny. the first time. Listen, I know. And when when an ex calls you their or when a, when someone calls you their ex's name, it feels really bad. So I know you feel really bad, Justin. For everybody listening, every time Bobby calls me Danny, you have to take a shot. <laughs> or I could I could do I have to do like five push-ups or something so I could oh, like really get it. I, just kidding. Anyways, what I forgot was. Are we doing Bill Belichick or Sean Payton? Oh, who, who are we got? I love the people who got like, like, are you kidding? Are you crazy, man? They're not happening. It's like, yeah, no, no kidding. But it's, it's fun to dream. And I did have like a five percent chance. It's like, you know, what if Robert Kraft says I'm bringing Brady back, and Belichick's like, I'm not doing this with Brady, and Belichick decides to to skirt, skirt and he comes back home. He does love it. I mean, if you watch that thirty for thirty with him and Parcells. He loves the Giants, 
And the only time you ever see Bill Belichick get emotional is when he's talking about Carl Banks and Lawrence Taylor and all those all those guys. Do you think uh, John Mara would fire Dave Gettleman to have uh, Bill Belichick uh, yeah, run the team? Yeah, he would be nuts to not. And I don't think Bill Belichick's even as good. Like he's nowhere near as good a GM as he is a head coach. In fact, he has some like kind of questionable moves as like the GM of, of that team. But as far as like just coming and coaching this team, like oh, he's sexy. Those were the worst people. And I know someone listen. I'm just I'm calling you the worst right now. That like brought up like no, I actually wouldn't want him. It's like come on. We cannot be that picky right now. And then, like, so, like, Sean, people are like, nope, no way, Sean Payton. It's like, are you kidding me? These guys are great coaches. So, anyways, I don't know how we got off on that tangent. Come home, Bill Belichick. It was fun doing that. And the funny thing was, is I found that clip of the end of the Patriots game where him and Bill Belichick are, they're not even looking at each other, they're looking past each other. And people tried to explain that to me. Like, they're not even looking at each other. No, it's like, you're right. They're looking into each other. <laughs> I look into Daniel Jones's soul, <laughs> and he wanted Daniel Jones. There's no doubt about that. There's a quote he's had to David Cutcliffe. All right, what Brady's else? What done. else? Bra- well, Brady's done. That's your take. He's done in New England. I don't think Bill wants him back. Well, then this is the scenario where I really do feel like Kraft would be like, "All right, then Bill, get the hell on out of here and come on back home, baby. Just come on home." I couldn't wait to play that corny song as the intro to that episode i'm coming home and making videos of bill belichick not showing any emotion i thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna play gary come home the spongebob song no i can't remember that one we can play it though you're a big you're a big spongebob fan i know i just don't remember that song terrible terrible was it number one hit in uh 2006 all right let's go to next voicemail we're losing control hey bobby this is mike shizzle coming to you from Phoenix AZ, uh, former Long Island resident. Uh, my question is, uh, at least from my observation, uh, I feel like Pat Shermer was a good guy. He was good with the guys. They liked him. I just, I don't think he was good at calling plays. Um, and that, I mean, obviously that to me is my biggest issue with him. What do you think in regards to that? And what do you think some of the other candidates can bring to the table that might help with that? Whether it's uh, delegating play calling duties to the OC, whoever the new OC is, um, or something like that. Uh, thank you. Big fan of you and uh, John Boy Media. Thank you. I'm a big fan of you, Mike Shizzle. Um, the good news for that is that the two top candidates, or at least in our eyes right now, Wink and Matt Rule, both want to call plays on offense. Um, and Wink would supposedly bring in Joe Brady. I don't know who Rule would bring in, but – we get to we can't use that as a complaint anymore, which it was a valid one, but we can't say anymore. Well, we want a head coach that doesn't call plays because it, it looks like we're not going to get one unless McDaniel's or enemy has a, a run at it at this. Right, right, and and, and even enemy yeah. like could you would, do you think enemy would call plays even though he's never called plays in the NFL? Like that's a that's a weird thing. Like bringing an offensive coordinator who would never call plays. I think that is what's holding enemy back. And and to uh, who whose call was it? Was it Joey's call? To say like maybe like maybe there is some like merit to that. Maybe Bianami Woodley's like, listen, Andy, I love you, but I gotta call plays or I'm never gonna get a head coach head coaching job. I mean, I would hope that he wouldn't call plays. Cause I mean, if you're gonna be coaching for the first time in you know, at the NFL level, I mean, think think of all the things that you have to manage, you know, let alone you've never called plays before, but then you also need to manage the game, which is something that you've never really done before uh, on the sidelines for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I would Andy really Reed hope- taught him great time management though. <laughs> 
But, you know, I, I would hope that that wouldn't be your approach heading into your first year. I mean, th- that's that's a really a ton of pressure that you're putting on yourself right there. So I can't remember. I can't remember what the original question is. Well, the original question was in regards oh. to uh, Pat Shermer was a good guy. Pat Shermer was a good guy, and listen, he's going to make a good offensive coordinator somewhere. I'm telling you about that. Um, Washington might might put together the best damn coaching staff in the NFL with with Rivera, Del Rio, who I love, Del Rio, and then Shermer. Um, there's also rumors in Chicago that would be if I was Shermer, I wouldn't want to go to Chicago just because I. Like now, this would come off as blasphemy from my my mouth. I think I'd rather take a chance on Haskins than I would Trubisky at this point, because at least like Trubisky, Trubisky we know cannot read defenses, whereas Haskins it's like okay, maybe we could figure something out with this cat. Basically, where I kind of uh, where I kind of sit with Pat Shermer, I've said this over and over again throughout the entire season. So I, I guess it's I guess it's poetic justice to kind of say it one more time on Talking Giants for maybe a lot of you that this is your first time listening to me, but basically. Pat Shermer's lack of situational awareness uh, throughout the entire season in terms of, uh, I say, not running play action enough, or when when he did run play action, he would run a lot of play action bootlegs in, in the red zone, and that's, I think, a recipe for disaster, since basically if you run play action bootlegs in the red zone, the field shrinks, so then therefore the ability for Daniel Jones to do something with the ball when the field gets small and the field shrinks, that's very difficult. Um, I really did enjoy the aspects of 2018 in which Eli Manning was passing out of running formations and utilizing play action towards the second half of that season. And what did we not see this year? Uh, We didn't see a a replication of that. Daniel Jones ran a ton out of 11 personnel. Granted, the team was down and they were losing a lot of the time. So what you're doing when you're losing, you're throwing the ball more. But just you know, not being aware of what works in the NFL and what works in the NFL, you see this all the time. I, I think the Vikings are uh, Vikings. I envy them as a football team right now. They really do play complementary football. Not to use that cliche phrase, but they really do. Um, Kirk Cousins is running play action. He's running crossing routes and he's throwing all the way across the field to guys that are wide open. They're utilizing Dalvin Cook in fun and interesting ways. They're sealing the edge with blocking tight ends, and that's a really fun football team to watch. And 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 frankly. The Minnesota Vikings were the type of team where I wished the New York football giants were in the way that they ran their overall offense. I wish they ran their offense like that, but Pat Shermer failed in that regard for me. Yeah, and a big part of the Vikings offense is having Kyle Rudolph, not as a receiver, but the way he can he can block. Like Evan Ingram has been an improved blocker, but he'll never be a good blocker. So, so yeah. Hey, Lucy, making noise with the bone. All right, next voicemail. Next voicemail. This is our final voicemail. Hey, uh, Bobby, so since you threatened to injure my family if we didn't leave uh, Twitter uh, que- or, uh, questions on the voicemail, I thought uh, this is Brian from uh, your uh, your favorite Duke fan and Duke alum. Uh, new uh, Duke follower gang? Of the show. Uh, so just the whole thing with McCarthy and not even taking a second meeting with the Giants, do you think it's a reflection of the diminished uh, value of the Giants' brand? and or organizational situation or do you think he looked at the rosters and basically said that he felt like that he could win and be more successful earlier and uh and more consistently in dallas than he could with the giants so interested in your thoughts on that okay take care bye all right this is a good question from a good friend and brian who he's in he's a new giants fan because he's a duke guy uh so he's this is his first year as a giants fan um so the mike mccarthy thing I really don't think it had anything to do with the Giants, uh, Justin. I think it had everything to do with 
I think Mike McCarthy realized that he might not get a job again. And for him going to go 0 for 2 in two years would be big time damaging for him. So I think it really was that Jerry Jones obviously had him in and, and pretty much like locked him in a room and they slept together. Ooh. Like, listen, I want to make you the head coach. Uh, and they got the deal done. I think it was more of an urgency on Mike McCarthy. And I do think the Dallas Cowboys, besides Jerry Jones, is the best deal because they have a lot of talent. They've had a QB and Dak Prescott, who you may not think is ever going to be elite, but he's showed to be pretty damn good. You have Ezekiel Elliott, that offensive line, a lot of talent on defense with guys like Jalen Smith, who is an unbelievable linebacker, Demarcus Lawrence, who had a down year, but it was a great talent. Uh, Vanderus, like you have talent all around that team. So I think Mike McCarthy's like, he didn't like what happens if Jerry Jones brings somebody else in and he doesn't get that job or something. So I, I really think Jerry Jones said like, we need to do this. And I saw a lot of people criticizing like, oh, the Giants are taking too long. No way. Like the Cowboys did that. Have, have we ever seen a, a head coaching like search like the Dallas Cowboys? It took him a week to fire Jason Garrett. That wasn't smart. That was, in fact, it was very stupid. And then the only two people you interview is Mike McCarthy and Marvin Lewis. I mean, what were the Dallas Cowboys doing? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Why didn't they go and interview Matt Rule or McDaniels or somebody? Like, it, Even if Mike McCarthy is the guy they wanted, I feel like that was kind of reckless on the Dallas Cowboys side to, to do it that way. This is some of the most bizarre yet funny yet most Dallas Cowboy thing to do. <laughs> in terms of looking for this new head coach because from now from what we heard this was Sunday before he got fired because he got fired Sunday night but Sunday like morning and afternoon we were hearing things like oh yeah the Dallas Cowboys they've like moved on from Garrett they're obviously starting to interview other people but Garrett is just like low-key refusing to leave and he's like still it wasn't, I don't trying think it was to even fight Garrett. for I think it was Jared Jones was refusing to let him leave I heard that it was the opposite, that it was Garrett that just didn't want to leave, and he was trying to convince the organization. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, like, saying I have sources on it, but it just, like, what I don't understand. Like, and people criticize the Giants for being a family business, and they're not wrong. But, my gosh, Jerry Jones, like, that is the most family business thing I've ever seen all time in the NFL. Wait, can you wait? Let's let's actually think about this. I actually like this question, and I want to get to this. I want to get to the um, organizational part of this question that Brian asked um, because I think it's really a great question. But imagine if the the shoe was on the other foot, and the New York Football Giants do exactly what the Dallas Cowboys just did, where be chaos. Oh my God! And and rightfully so. It was. It should be like if the Giants did that. I would lose, like you said, I would lose my mind. It'd be the most dysfunctional thing of all time. Like I, I, like I said, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in like a head coaching search before. Because, you know, what did Jason Garrett do during his tenure? You can argue he kind of wasted Tony Romo in the, you know, the, the prime and the latter end of his career. Obviously, he had his health issues towards the end. And then obviously, Dak Prescott's entire rookie deal. You're going to hear me talk about, especially this offseason, you're going to hear me talk about value. Value, value, value this offseason. Bobby Skinner's going to vomit every time that I mention the word value. But get ready for it It's because that's what offseason is. You talk about roster building. You talk about roster construction. It is malfeasance that the Dallas Cowboys, uh, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys had as much talent on that roster and you know, I, you know, you can be a Giants fan, and you, know, you can deny that the Cowboys had a good roster. You know, you can be that way, but they had a very, very good roster with a lot of guys on cheap rookie deals, and they wasted and they pissed all of that away. 
and I'm laughing at them now that they basically just hired a almost a carbon copy of Jason Garrett, except this They're guy the found the way to win the Super Bowl earlier in his career. Yeah. And, yeah. and Garrett runs – like Tony Romo did so much for that Dallas team. Like, uh, And Des Bryant, who was kind of a, a wild man, but like he did have a lot of knowledge of what was going on in that Dallas locker room. Um, so I'm not being like Jason Des Garrett or Des Bryant knows what he's talking about. But he didn't know what he was talking about within that team. And he came out and said afterwards, like, Tony Romo was the offensive coordinator. He did so many things. There's so many audibles at the line. Whereas Garrett runs very a very vanilla offense. Tony Romo's the freaking offensive coordinator when he's uh, broadcasting games at 425 on CBS. I know, I know. Man's a beast. I love him. <laughs> I know people, people like to hate on him, but I, I love the guy. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to this part of Brian's question where he asks, you know, is this more of a Giants brand and or organizational situation um, in terms of why McCarthy, you know, maybe didn't come back for a second interview or the fact that he took the Dallas job right away, or is it, you know, maybe looking at the roster uh, and that's why he took the Dallas job over the Giants job. Now, uh, frankly, if I was a head coach in the National Football League and you're asking me what roster I want to go to, I kind of want to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think the Giants may be set up in a better situation in terms of, again, having the quarterback on the rookie deal, having Saquon on his rookie deal. Um, and then obviously you're looking at Dak Prescott and the Ezekiel Elliott. They're entering into territories where they're going to be signed for uh, large sums of money for multiple years with a lot of guaranteed money. But I think the Brian's questions we're talking about because you hear Jay Glazer, who has said, I'm kind of calling BS on the fact that the Giants are trying to, you know, rebrand themselves in a way in terms of Dave Gettleman allowing, you know, personnel control and overall just more control as a whole kind of gone on this PR stunt, both Mara and Gettleman of doing that. And Jay Glazer has been the one to come out and say, you know, I'm kind of calling a little BS on this where D- Gettleman does not really give up that personnel control. Shermer's not the guy that actually did have a lot of input on drafting Daniel Jones, even though Gettleman is saying that that was the case. So, Bobby, I want to hear what you what you think about that um, in terms of Brian's, Brian's question, in terms of looking at the brand of the Giants and the overall organizational makeup. Uh, the brand of the Giants, I think, is still like strong i know it's been some losing things but the giants still matter like it just does um and like they have like a lot of young pieces and i think the biggest thing that every coach looks into the first thing a coach looks into it goes who's the qb and i think the, this isn't pff these coaches like watch film and they look at daniel jones and they say this guy is good and i would love to coach him and then it comes like where the dallas cowboys have a much better roster um than the giants but i think if you like out of all the QBs that have uh, vacant head coaches right now, Daniel Jones is the most excited to be about. So I, I don't buy that. Now I do think that Dave Gellman could have. Uh, I mean, this is the reason I said Dave Gellman should be fired. Not it wasn't even like necessarily because of his moves or anything. It was the fact that it gets this GM head coach uh, cycle off balance, and that is scary for an uh, incoming head coach. Uh, but I also think Matt Rule is kind of going to be the Giants head coach at this point too. So. Um, it's hard to read into it all too much. So, yeah. And I, I really think the Dallas thing had nothing to do with the Giants. Dallas McCarthy had nothing to do with the Giants. I think it, all, it had everything to do with Mike McCarthy. Desperately wanted a head coaching job. The, essentially, probably the best one opened up, and they said, let's get it done right now, and they got it done. I would agree. But, uh, you know, in, in the doomsday scenario that possibly – and I don't even think it's a doomsday scenario because I think Wink is not a bad option to fall back on if if they are No, I'm kind of rooting him. for it. Yeah. But I, I do think uh, it is a question that is worth revisiting if 
rule definitely decides to pick up and go to Carolina, which isn't as much of a favorable situation as the Giants, you can argue. There are some people that would argue that Carolina, what they're doing in terms of their ownership and in terms of their management is they're they're instead of the Giants, how they're actually they're learning while they're trying to do it. The Panthers are actually actively trying to rebrand in terms of not necessarily rebrand, but rethink how they are running their football operations. Uh, the, so, there are some people that say that the Giants, it's kind of BS when they're saying that they're trying to do that in terms of this whole PR stunt that they've done where Gettleman's talking about you know computer folks and analytics and stuff like that. I tend to believe it because why would they be saying it when they've been so smug about it in the past? And we know they have employees and they've had them for a while too. Yes, yes, absolutely. This question is a topic worth revisiting if – Maybe not necessarily if Rule decides to stay in Baylor because I would not want to leave that salary and the power that you have as a college head coach, but definitely if he decides to pick up and go to Carolina, it's a topic worth revisiting. All right, Justin, let's get into the mail. All right, first one is coming from Andrew Owens. Andrew Owens has been a day one uh, for John Boy Media and myself and my page, so thank you for leaving a question, Andrew Owens. And th- I'm going to butcher this name, but does Yannick and Goku, who is that edge rusher uh, coming from the Jacksonville Jaguars? Bobby, do you know if I said that last name right? Nope, I don't know. I it, think it's it Ngakwe. sounds right. Oh, I think Ngakwe. it's Ngakwe. There is a U in there. That would make sense. Does Yannick Ngakwe fit the timeline of contention, or is there someone better to save cap space for in a future year? Does this even matter because we are just going to overpay for Leonard Williams anyway? Bobby Skinner, what do you think? Um, I definitely think he might be target number one, um, and we're looking at, what, like $80 million in cap space? Um, there's another question about how much to use. So I won't get into that. But yeah, I, I definitely see Ngakwe being a guy you go after just because uh, an above-average pass rusher can really change a defense, and especially a defense that has all this young secondary. Um, so yeah, I definitely see them being. I definitely see him being a guy that the Giants go after, um, even with because you're like you're overpaying for Leonard Williams, but you still have all this room to go and get guys, and we don't expect the Giants to go and use all that cap space anyway. So yeah, Ngakwe is definitely a guy I would go after. As far as looking forward to uh, uh, next year's, it's hard to do that. Because guys resign, you know, like the best players resign, um, unless there's you know cap issues like Jacksonville has, uh, and then there's trades like Clowney this year and Laramie Tunzel and whatnot. So yeah, Ngakwe is definitely a guy I would love to go at. I mean, I haven't looked totally into free agency, but a guy like him uh, at that position is definitely a guy I would I'd love to go and overpay for. And like you mentioned, uh, Justin, before we have our QB with four years left on his rookie deal, we have Saquon with three years left on his rookie deal, so we got time to overpay for some guys. Yeah, this is this is really the time to go for it. In terms of Ngakwe, what I've heard from the Jacksonville Jaguars and what I've seen online is that the Jaguars are actually going to make him a priority uh, in terms of re-signing. Now, obviously, their cap space, especially if they're paying Foles and they have you know they have a large uh, they have a large quarterback deal on their books. So, depending on what their cap space looks like, they may not be able to do that. Especially considering how edge rushers really like to get their guaranteed money. So does and everyone he's else? Talked but- about, like he's tweeted out about like. Jacksonville, it's like he's basically been it's been real. So um, as much as you're hearing that from them, I don't see them being able to sign to an extension. Then once you hit the open market, you right. you're uh, you're anybody's game. 
really also does depend on what system the Giants are going to be running uh, by a, you know, whoever is going to be coming in in terms of whether we're going to have a defensive-minded coach or whatever defense coordinator is going to be coming in, uh, depending on whatever head coach we have. So that's definitely going to be, this is a question that's kind of like to be determined in a way. Yeah, I, but I think Ngakwe could come in through anything, through yeah. any position. Oh, yeah. actually, Matthew Judo, if we get Wink, Matthew Judo is a guy I would, I'd probably mm. go after over Ngakwe. Topher Pete, he asked about a uh, head coach. Who are we getting and why do you think he is the correct pick? He also asked Wade Phillips tweeted that his contract would not be renewed. How do you guys feel about him as our next defensive coordinator? Now, we kind of touched upon this, Bobby. Is there anything else you want to say about it? Yeah, we already touched on Wade Phillips, but the head coaching, obviously I'm on I'm on the train for Wink uh, Martindale right now. I think uh, what he does defensively is pretty awesome. I love having that balls in. You can't just say, oh, well, it's the Ravens defense. Like, he amped up blitzing 15% from last year, and they lost talent. So, And he's a guy who's elevated his talent. Where Marcus Peters, where he was kind of a liability and with the Rams, came to Baltimore halfway through the season, and all of a sudden he's playing like a great corner because uh, Wink was pitting him in situations to be able to make plays and play a little ballsier. At least that's what it looks like from the outside looking in. Um, so he's the guy I want, especially if he brings in Joe Brady as OC, and supposedly, uh, supposedly that's what he – what his like ploy was to the Giants is like I'm gonna bring this cat with me, uh, and he also said like he seemed willing to work with Gelman that he said I just want to coach football. So Wink would be my guy. Rule I'd be excited about, but Wink would Wink is the guy I would feel he's the guy I'd be most excited for. Rule I'd be excited before too as well. I really think it's down to those two guys though. Yeah, I'm I'm really am hoping and praying for either one of those two guys because uh, frankly you do look at the pool especially with McCarthy not here you feel very worried about McDaniels I, I, I there's a part of me that says that McDaniels wouldn't even want to come to the Giants I I really do think he is kind of waiting hopefully, for the New England hopefully. job <laughs> hopefully for you seriously but, I hate McDaniels so much does he kind of fit what New England's doing and that smug kind of attitude do you think he do you think that fits over there it's the only way it works is if he takes over for Belichick and keeps things as status quo. And, and nowhere else is going to work. I'm telling you, the guy. Yeah, is really, and really person. for and for that reason, I, I'm I'm praying, praying that either one of these two guys is is hired because it it would be it would be different. It would be a different energy. It would be, it would be a different vibe. Because obviously, rules being the CEO type, even Martindale would be kind of like that CEO type as well. But I would say, I mean, they're both they're both definitely leader of men. Um, and that's that would be a refreshing vibe coming into the organization. It's something that the organization desperately needs. Um, Wink will kick someone's ass for real. Like <laughs> like like Matt Rule talks about motivation or um, toughness. Uh, Wink lives it. Oh, I like that. That's a we got to put that on a shirt or something. Um, Jeff Boyd. Boyd. After the pressers and whatnot, what is your guys' confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10 with the two announcement, which is actually huge, and we didn't talk about it. With the two announcement, do you guys foresee Dave Gettleman trading down, first time for him, I know, to make up in the Williams trade? Jeff, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Trade down. I think they should. It's hard to say right now, like like this far out. It and is. also, I like, I Really don't believe any trade rumors when it comes to the draft. Like even from Schefter, uh, I, I just you know you get into smokescreen, and then like when Benjamin Albright comes out a year and a half later and says the Broncos offered this, it's like you're coming out with this a year and a half later. Like I just don't believe it, especially from a guy like Benjamin Albright who's been a proven liar before um, about stuff that doesn't even matter. So it's hard to say. Like 
with the Colts and Jets. Were the Colts offering the same thing to the Giants? Like, we don't know. So it's it's hard to say. But, yeah, if the right deal comes in wrong, yeah, definitely trade back. And I, I would be fine dra- trading back into, like, the 18 and 20s for the right pick because there's so – especially on defense, there's so much more than one guy. Like, as much as Isaiah Simmons would be fun to watch behind these interior D linemen and Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Tomlinson and possibly a free agent – as much as it'd be fun to watch him behind those guys, there's a lot of room for improvement. And corners one of them with Jack Rabbit being gone. And even tackle, the tackle spot is pretty stacked in this draft class too, so you can even trade back if if something if something is going to fit. Now, obviously, this is this is just a personal gripe that I have. I really, really wish the draft was before free agency. Like I desperately wish, but I also recognize how that would never happen because of ratings and the fact that they put the NFL draft, you know, right at the end of uh well, the end of March or in the April, it's at the end of April. Yeah, April twenty third. Yeah, so, and then it, yeah, so then it, it, you know it goes to the end of April. So that's they ultimately push back the draft because it would be better for ratings because people are just craving football. Um, I will so, I will say yeah. though in the trade down situation, like quarterback tackle is a position I don't think you play around with. If there's a guy you like, if you think Andrew Thomas is the guy, you get him. You don't play around like oh we'll trade back and get a different tackle. Tackle is so important. I'm telling you, like I said, just like quarterback, if you like a guy, you get your guy. You don't play games with that. Now, if you think Andrew Thomas isn't going to be great, then you can then you can play around a little bit. All right, Brian Colburn. Yes, there's been a lot of talk about the team trading down in the draft. Do you see any scenario that Gettleman would entertain trading up in that draft to go for Young if that's really the big need for the team? So it's a little no. different than our last question. It has a little bit of a twist. Uh, um, for me, ab- absolutely not. Oh, and by the way, we were supposed to grade our confidence one to ten, mine's a six. But oh, yeah, sugar. trading up, um, trading up. Yeah. I, I could not see any scenario where that happens. After the right, after the pressures, what's my confidence level on a one to ten? Jeff Boyd asked in the previous question. I would say I'm at a four point seven. Oh wow, I'm getting all decimal. I think you're cool. What are you gonna put on a graph now, nerd boy? Yep, you know it. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. We're you know we're still technically a team that's rebuilding. I think Dave Gettleman is finally kind of embracing the idea that you want to know what this team is a rebuilding team. Uh, if you're a rebuilding team, you can't be giving up picks. You have to garner picks in any possible way that you can. So trading down definitely does make more sense than trading up, even though Chase Young is a generational talent. Jake Highwell. He puts the cue for question just in case we we need a clarification. I appreciate that because this is my first time reading mailbag and I get easily confused. Jake Highwell, he asks, doesn't it seem that the Cowboys jumped at McCarthy without really performing much of a head coaching search? And I yep. think we both say yes. Yep, we covered that earlier. Great. Um. Oh, did you see the text? Breaking news! Got? Breaking news on the show! Tish is apparently going to be at the meeting with Rule tomorrow, getting the feeling we may have a new head coach tomorrow if all goes well. That is by Danny King, still contributing to the show. He just hit us up in the group text. Woo! 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 Do you have a breaking news soundboard? Probably not, but we should have one for these situations like this. Matt Rule's going to be a giant. How was that? Well... Justin, you'll you'll come to know that eventually we'll get our own sound effects from the ambulances that drive by all the time. Ooh, <laughs> t- tough, tough. Matt rules a there, giant. Bobby. Matt rules a giant. And that whole point about Tish earlier in the show. All right, next question. Let's get this done now. Let's move right. along. 
Matt Carson, do you got do you guys think that we will spend a lot during free agency so we can compete or wait until next year? I say forty million. That that leaves a lot for next year, um, and it, it lets you bring in some good players. You got to assume Leonard Williams is on there for let's just say twelve million. Um, you get Ngakwe, that's um, fourteen million. That's twenty six mil. That leaves you fourteen to you know fourteen to twenty mil if you want to say forty five mil to bring in Marcus Golden, a fullback, and some some other guys you could plug in. So 40, 40 to 50 mil for me. Yeah, Dave Gettleman did make reference uh, at his press conference that he does want to keep $20 million. At least this is post-free agency, I believe, heading into the draft, so you can have enough room to sign yep. your draftees and also make your midseason acquisitions, which the Giants did not have enough cap room to make their midseason acquisitions this season. So he definitely does want to leave some change in the bank heading into 2020 season final question from acl tears tough look with mcdaniel's interview now carson wentz or something (laughs) oh oof bobby 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 hey you guys say i like philly too much i'm just i'm going at it i'm going hard skinner cheese so acl tears asked with our final uh mailbag question with with the mcdaniels interview now scheduled for wednesday mccarthy gone should fans be worried that the search is taking too long do you guys think that the giants don't let rule leave and cancel the mcdaniels visit now with this breaking news update that the fact that steve tish will be in attendance for today's meeting bobby what do you think i think our next show we'll have a head coach how about that and I think it's going to be the guy they want. I think Hot it's going to be the guy they want. Yeah, I don't think it's All been right. too long, though. I think the Cowboys acted crazy. Yeah, because nobody else nobody else besides the Cowboys have hired their head coach. Or, no, whoops, <laughs> sorry, Washington. Whoops. Yeah, sorry. that's that's true. But they're they're kind of on a different timeline. All right, Justin, that's the show. Your first show on Talking Giants is Dunzo. I think you did pretty good. I'll be honest. Uh, Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, but I, I'll give you a D because a D is good for you. Mm. See, I like to take shots. I, I like. To, I'm mm. a negative person. Mm. Again, tough look for me, but that's what, all right. What's your What's your grade for me? Scale of one to ten. No, can I give you a negative two to positive two because that's mm. how Pro Football Focus grades their players? <laughs> you know what, Justin? When we were doing, me and Danny were doing our Dave Gelman grades halfway through, I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're doing a Pro Football Focus grade for Dave Gelman right now." I would give you a point five based off of today's <laughs> show. No big time uh, takes. All right. That's a show. We appreciate you guys. Hey, Justin Stamps, leave us a review. Five stars. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go big blue.